Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you protect us, that you guide us, not only us, but our families. We ask that you continue to bless our businesses, and we ask that you uh, bless our guests today. And uh, we ask the Holy Spirit to come down upon her and to share with our audience uh, what's on her heart. And we ask this in your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, I'm your host, Todd Citron. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. Uh, have a love for God and uh, love to hear uh, someone share their faith with us. And today our guest is Miss Jennifer Meadowbrook. Hi. Go by Jen. Jen. You can call me Jen. Uh, Jen and I know each other a little bit through business, but uh, Jen has a big love for the Lord and a good story to tell, and I want to welcome her to the show. Thank you. Okay, tell us a little bit about yourself from the beginning. Well, um, for my faith, uh, I was actually raised Baptist, and uh, my parents still go to the Baptist church. I still attend the Baptist church with them as well. Um, I also go to the Catholic church where um, I have learned a lot about the religion and uh, have actually really found um, commonalities between the two. And uh, I just enjoy going to the the masses. Uh, I go with my friends. Um, Sometimes I go alone. Um, But um, I do still go to the Baptist church with my family as well. Tell me about, uh, you're from, I think you mentioned you're from Church Point? I actually graduated from Church Point High, um, but I grew up in Reshore, where there's only, it's a very small community, Right. so it's only literally a Baptist church and a Catholic church and a school, and the school goes from kindergarten, now I think they go pre-K through eighth grade. You know, being from Richard, uh, that's a, that's a special place, of course, in the in the uh, Catholic faith and the Cajun faith with uh, Charlene Richard. Have you visited the grave? I'm sure many times. Absolutely, I have been out there, and um, also my first cousin is actually married to um, Charlene's sister. Wow, she's the youngest of the of the family. And so I know a lot of the history there with um, Charlene as well, because my family is intertwined. What part of her story uh, has touched you? I think we should talk about that a little. You from that area? Um, well, I am amazed from from the very beginning. Um, a child of her age uh, taking on other people's suffering um, just was very impactful to me because, you know, at 13 years old, I can't imagine that I would even think that way. Um, so that made her very special, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, incredible, huh? Uh, okay, Jennifer, so is there someone in your family that, going back to your youth, that, that really was the, uh, the rock of your family when it comes to faith or that guided you? Well, actually, my dad. Um, was very big on uh, faith and he didn't care where we went to church and this is actually his words because my dad's very uh, very upfront Um, he said you know God is important to all of us and um, whether you go to the Baptist church or the Catholic church it doesn't matter to me as long as you're in a church get to church yep he wanted us to have the um, spiritual word spoken to us and um, to receive that no matter where we went to get it at what age do you think that you started like um, to pray or, or that you can remember God being in your life? 
Um, I actually was praying at a very young age because I'm from, I'm the youngest of five. Okay. So uh, we always prayed and still do before we have um, any type of meal or anything like that. Um, as well as like I, I grew up in the church, so um, going to church from day one, um, we we always prayed before we would do an activity of of any sort. If we were going to travel for a youth trip or something like that, we actually. Um, always prayed before we left and then upon our return as a family as a family and with the church group (laughs) that's what I think so unique about the Cajun culture you know is that family prayer time I really didn't we didn't have that I'm the youngest as well of six boys uh, and you know even though my mom was devoutly Catholic and uh, but we just never really I guess I came along a lot later but didn't get to experience that. I wish I had, you know, but it's so beautiful when you see the, the family pray together. What about, like, Bible reading? Is that something that went on? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we, we read the Bible. Um, and actually, in this part you probably don't even know, but I actually worked at the Baptist Academy um, camp as well. So in the summers, as I got a little older, um, I actually worked there, and um, Bible reading was, you know, something we did daily. Um, as a group or individually, um, and, you know, shared the word with the kids that were there as well. Do you find that, I know this for me, because when I read Bible stories today versus three years ago versus five years ago, it's 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 so different. I mean, I, I read them, it's like, it's like, I don't remember seeing that before, you know? Um, are you, you still active in reading the Bible? Yes, yeah. I do. Where, what kind of where are you right now? Um, well, I... I, I I'm going to be honest, I skip around. Yeah, I um, do too. We all do. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, and my biggest thing is um, I think when you open the Bible that there's something there that you're supposed to be reading that it's meant for you to see that day. So a lot of times that's what I'll do. Um, uh, when I look at, even when I'm sitting in church, I still find myself doing that even though I know they're mm-hmm. giving you a specific message um, just because I think God is going to send you what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll read through it um, uh, one of my favorite verses um, is um, I have actually several, so I do love bring uh, them on <laughs> Romans eight twenty eight, um, which we also sang in a song for the camp. But uh, I'll save you from that. <laughs> um, but uh, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Um, I just think that's an amazing, uplifting um, verse, and it is probably one of my favorites. Um, and then seek ye first the kingdom of God um, and his righteousness with all these things shall be added unto you um, is also another Bible verse that I really love. You see, that's that Baptist center which is making us Catholics look bad. We, we, we know these things. We just can't recite them like that. <laughs> right? Right. Probably so. But I do have to I do have to tell you, those are both in songs that we sing. So it's very easy for me to remember because it is to a tune. So that's in my head. All right. So. So I'll ask the question, attending two different churches, there are some different beliefs, you know, I think that the Catholics get the rap over, you know, worshiping Mary and, and I guess is, is Jesus truly present in the Eucharist? What What is your take? You're, you're going to a few different places. What's your take on that? Actually, that is a question that I had growing up because I did, like I said, grow up Baptist. So my question, um, I would always go to people who were very strong in the faith and ask them uh, questions when I had questions about the Catholic religion. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, Angie, 
my cousin, who is Charlene's youngest sister, mm-hmm. um, I would go to her and I would ask her questions just like that. So I'm kind of glad that you asked that. And the way that she explained it to me, she said um, that she sees, like when you pray to Mary, it's like going through Mary for, to get to Jesus and having that person speak on your behalf. So I was really proud of her that she broke it down for me because I was younger mm-hmm. also. So she was like, okay, so, you know, when you think about, um, I really want to tell so-and-so something, but I don't know how to tell them, and you're talking it through with someone, kind of, you know, put that image in your mind that that's why you talk to Mary, to speak to Jesus. That's beautiful. Intercessory prayer, you know, uh, and, you know, that's, I guess that's always the thing I like when we talk about Mary is how Jesus' first miracle, you know, uh, it was sort of through Mary, you know. He said, just do 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 what he says, and when he turned the water into wine, so, okay, that's good stuff. So tell me about also the Eucharist. What, what, what's your take on that? Well, you know, because the Catholics believe that Jesus is physically present in the Eucharist. And that's a tough one. That's okay. Be honest. Yeah, it is. That is tough. Um, I do believe that... Um, Being a good Baptist, I know you read John 6, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. John 6. Okay, so... So, um, but... I, I, I do believe Jesus is here and that he is physically here with us as well um, in the Eucharist, like in intercepting the, the bread. Right. Um, we also, we do that as well in the Baptist church. Mm-hmm. So growing up that way, we do believe that um, from that angle as well, that he actually is present and you should visualize um, that when you're accepting that, you're you're putting him into your in your body absolutely it's tough for you know we've had this discussion on the show with many guests and it is hard you know the youth always answer it the best you know they just have this blind faith that jesus is you know no doubt physically present in the eucharist i certainly believe that but um you know and here we are in the middle of all this coronavirus thing and and um you know it's been tough for me i'll just speak it's been a long time for us not to receive the eucharist yeah. because we've been able to have to watch that on tv and all it's, it's left me pretty empty and i do a lot of adoration and uh and that part of it's been tough too i feel like jesus being in front of the host and jesus is, has been left a little void in my life but um it's it's a supernatural experience okay so, so i do have a question go for ahead, you with go, that saying. Shoot. so um have you done anything to replace that within because i've seen some people speaking on facebook that they've actually done some things within their home um i was watching mass they may take something so i was just curious yeah um you know for me um a supernatural thing that i that i took upon myself at a later time in life was exercising it i didn't really like that uh, growing up, even when I played sports. But I think God put that on my heart for for my well being, and I'm, I hate it. And uh, and then you know the the gyms closed down, and so I quit doing that. And uh, and I, I I said this on the show yesterday that you know I still have said a rosary every day for a very long time, and that part I've maintained. Uh, but if I've replaced, I haven't found anything that that is filling that void and and it's and it's changed me for the for the for the bad i feel like it's a this it's a disappointment um because i i feel like when i get into situations at work or at home um i don't handle those things as well as i could or should i i i feel like i don't have the support i had uh with having jesus right here by me or with me so 
Yeah, it's tough. It it is, and I'm glad that we're gonna come out of this thing. I, I had a little anger management about about uh, us not being able to go to adoration during. Mm-hmm. I felt like during this situation, the churches would want us in adoration, but I respect the understanding they didn't want people to get sick and be in tight quarters. And so at our church, they they pulled the adoration, and uh, and that that part of it, I had a hard time dealing with, you know. Well, and I would have to agree with that because when you actually are sitting in church and it's an experience yeah so very personal you know I, they drug me to church by my ears when i was a kid and <laughs> of uh, and 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 now that you've we've had it all withheld from us it no longer is looked at as an obligation so much as a privilege and i think that that has changed with a lot of people i think people now understand it's a privilege to go to mass well and you i know. do have to say that with all of the things that are going on today um i was really and like looking through social media pages and pieces like that um it was amazing to see how many people have come to the church and actually you know you don't have you don't know what you have until it's gone mm-hmm. kind of a piece sure. so i'm starting to see more friends speak more upon faith yes. and have more bible verses and have the live masses posted on their on their feeds which is amazing mm-hmm. and everything i truly believe that everything happens for a reason and with that being said, I feel like um, God needed us to slow down a little bit, maybe to realize what we were missing. Is there a time in your prayer life and your life in general that you felt really closest to God, that you had one of those God moments? I know you have some really good stories, but uh, tell us about that. So um, I had um, an experience with my mom uh, last year, um, and it's truly amazing uh, to me um, how it happened. And it is a bit... Lengthy, so um, we got lots of time. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, my mother had um, knee surgery, and prior to that, the year before, she had um, a an accident where she had broken her hip and had a hip uh, fixed and not replaced, but just uh, fixed. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, she decided to have her knee replacement surgery last year. And of course, she's older, um, so she's in her seventies. She's in her late seventies, and my concern was to. have her moving like she should be prior to going home and so she stayed in the hospital a few days probably more than she actually was supposed to um and then she was told that she'd be moved to a rehab center for therapy and um they normally want to do home therapy or uh how you know just home health come in and I was not really comfortable with that. So I had a conversation with the doctor, and I said, look, my my dad's in his late 70s, and my mom in her late 70s. If something should happen and she fall, it's going to be both it works on both of them. Mm-hmm. So um, he kind of mentioned he thought that she still was not as stable. She should be leaving the hospital as well. So he helped to recommend that she go to the, the, the center. So she actually went to um, a rehab center in Kaplan, and um of course my dad they've been married for 60 years so he would travel there quite often to visit her um because you know obviously he couldn't stay but um so in the midst of that um i was at work and they had called me and told and i had visited my mom the day before and she still wasn't up to par like she just wasn't moving like she should she would take maybe 10 steps and to me that's not enough to send her home Mm -hmm. and i know we all have our opinions sometimes working with insurance and knowing how those routes go so um i had actually called um the facility because my sister called me and she said hey they're discharging mom um 
tomorrow. And I was like, what? And because I hadn't heard anything. And um, in the midst of that, I called the facility and the lady was very nice. She told me, she said, this is what you need to do. You can appeal the decision, you know, to see if we get an answer or what have you. And my mom was really upset about even being there. And my dad was as well because, you know, she's been there for 60 years and they're never apart. Right. So it was tough on him as well. So um, I was actually having a conversation. Um, I had made the appeal and I was at just I was talking to one of my coworkers and I was like, look, I hope I'm making the right decision, you know. Um, and she said, you know, all you can do is really pray about it. And, and I said, you know, you're right. So as I'm praying, I'm praying and walking back to my desk, my phone rings. And as my phone rings, um, I pick it up, and it's the facility. And the lady said, "Ms. Middlebrooks, I just want you to know that we will not be releasing your mom today. Um, we got information with the appeal, and she said, but also there was a technicality, um, so we can't release her today. So she said she'll be here through the weekend. She said, told me, again, exactly what I needed to do to, to buy more time for my mom to be there because she was like, in my opinion, she needs to be here. Wow. So they couldn't release her over the weekend and come the Monday. So um, I was just like, oh, wow, you know, so what am I going to do now? Hopefully they approve the appeal again. So I'm sitting there getting ready for work. I'm putting my makeup on. And I was like, let me say my morning prayers, say my morning prayers. In the midst of praying, my phone rings again. So I go and I pick up the phone. And this is the part that always kind of gets me because it made me very emotional then. But um, so I picked up the phone. And it was the lady with the insurance company, and she's like, Miss Middlebrooks, I just want to let you know I'm calling. And, of course, first thing I'm thinking is the negative side, which is not me normally, um, that she's going to tell me my mom has to go home. And uh, she says, y- your mom has been approved to stay through Friday, so it would give her two weeks in re- rehab. And I just, like, was like, okay, oh, my gosh, are you serious? And she And she said, Yes, ma'am. She said, I just want to let you know. She said, I've been doing this job for 15 years. And she said, I read your mom's chart. And she said, I thought for sure that she would be denied. And so she said, I don't know what happened. She said, but um, something happened that she got approved. And I said, well, I know what happened. I prayed. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, I was praying. And so she said, well, I'm really excited for you because sometimes patients do go home early and then they end up back in the facility. So um, I was really thankful for that. So um, as I was going, but she said, I do want to let you know, we have to see if the facility will keep her there or Mm -hmm. she has to be moved to another one. So um, again, started praying again. I'm on my way to work, walking into work, and I'm just like, Lord, if she could just stay there until Friday, that would be amazing. And um, as I'm walking into work, finish my prayer, phone rings again. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like a direct line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not often God calls three times. Right? <laughs> so um, I just was over the moon excited because it was the facility saying, I just want you to know, uh, Miss Middlebrooks, you've done everything that you needed to. Your mom will be able to stay at our facility. Um, we're excited to have her because she's really a ray of light. And I was like, really? <laughs> That's amazing. So um, they actually kept her at the facility. She didn't have to move. Um, and... I just told the I, I mentioned to the lady who had helped me along giving me the advice and I just told her I said the power of prayer is amazing and I said um, we don't always see the answers till after the fact but we have to go back to look for them sometimes and it just so happened in this case it was direct 
and so impactful to me. I mean, it still gives me the, the yeah, goosebumps. The free songs. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's just, uh, I, I just okay. couldn't thank her enough. And she, she was just like, you know, we had been praying for her too. Hmm. So I was just like, there you go. That's awesome. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest is Miss Jennifer Middlebrooks. We call her Jen today uh, from Cox Media, and she's sharing the story of her mom and, and her faith with us. And we're so happy to have you on the show today. Thank so you. Uh, just a few minutes left in the show. But um, so where do you go from there? You know, the Lord rings three times pretty directly. You know, I guess that has some sort of impact on how, how you move forward. You know, I mean, for me anyway, I guess you're so thankful. I certainly can see that. But, um, you know, prayer does work. Yes. You know, and I guess we should all be praying harder and all the time. You know, that's tough. But I'm, I'm going to throw some, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself in trouble trying to quote quote Bible verses. But I believe it's Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. You know that one? I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch this. No, it's uh, that one I remember because... Um, this lady that uh, y'all might know the story. Uh, I forget the name of the book, but I'd read it. And this lady was incapacitated, and she couldn't see after she was ill. And and she opened the Bible, and that was the only verse that she could see. And it was, um, um, I'm gonna mess this up, but it's, uh, you know, be thankful in all things and um, pray uh, uh, unceasingly. And I'm missing a part of it, but it was the pray unceasingly part that that uh, that I think about, you know. Uh, Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen. I know that's it. Look it up, y'all. Look it up. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Jen, tell me. Um, so do you read a lot? Um, I do from time to time. Uh, I do read like uh, positive uh, books. Like right now, I'm reading uh, the Energy Bus, and it's more about positive energy, putting positive positive energy out. Mm-hmm. And it's written by John Gordon, who um, also does positive motivational. Um, speaking on Facebook and stuff like that as well. Nice. Um, it's an excellent book if you've never read, read it. It uh, refers to God in it as well um, and how your um, energy is your energy in motion. Uh, it's emotional energy and uh, that we should always uh, be positive and remain positive. And um, that's the one thing I'm reading right now. So, um yeah, I know my, my, my wife had some illness recently, and, you know, um, uh, one of Jennifer's, uh, I guess, boss, uh, um, one of our close friends that works at Cox Media, uh, apparently started a prayer book for, for my wife, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it is unique in South Louisiana where we can intertwine, I guess, business and faith, yes. and, and it's really nice, and uh, apparently that's, that's something that you can do at your job. Yeah. You know, you get to share your faith a little bit. Can you, you know, tell me how that, to our listeners, can you mix business and, and faith? How does that work? You're in the business world. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I think you um, you have to be careful, um, unfortunately, in this day and age um, on some aspects of it um, because not everybody is as open. Um, I'm very fortunate that in our office we have a lot of faithful people. Um, who don't mind praying together and uh, bonding together from that aspect. That's nice. Yeah. Shout out to Ms. Gwen. We, we, we love you and we miss you. <laughs> didn't get to see, I hadn't seen her in a long time. So, uh, yeah, same thing at our work. You know, we have a lot of employees that are of different faiths. But, I, you know, I love to. we have a lot of deep discussions uh, 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 or others of different faith uh, about many different topics. But, you know, um, you, you, you're an interesting guest because you, you have so many perspectives. What is it maybe about the Baptist church that, uh, that, 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 that 
maybe is unique or, or nice that, that you don't see so much maybe in the Catholic Church? I think there's probably um, a little bit more of congregational singing mm-hmm. um, that, um, I, I mean, I, the Catholic Church, I know that they do the, the singing as well, right. but it seems that more so by the choir than in the Baptist Church, it's more led by the congregation. Uh-huh. So, um, but you know you get more exercise in the catholic church <laughs> but um there's we a do. lot of up and down up and down we do on. too we do too yeah. in the uh, in the baptist church they do as well so um with that being said uh like i said it's probably more congregational singing but when you actually attend both churches um it's a lot of similarity mm-hmm. um in the messages that you receive um the way that the priest um does his speaking and then in the baptist church the pastor does a sermon as well um and then i've always said that i wish that in the like when it comes to weddings um i loved that the priest always took advantage of the audience that was there um in the baptist church i think it's more just the vows where um in a catholic church you also receive a message Mm -hmm. so um i think that's really cool but that's another really difference in, in the two um I've actually read for the, uh, in my nephew's wedding um, in the Catholic Church and learning some verses there with that as well. So, um, but I think that um, we should always take an opportunity if we're in, in front of an audience that is willing to listen about God, take that opportunity and just share what's on your heart. I'll throw another one out there that's tough because my les- our listeners know that I always talk about how tough this is for me, but confession. What's your take on confession? That's a tough one. It is for me anyway. Well, and, you know, honestly, when you think about it, um, there's probably somebody you're telling confessions to on a daily basis anyway. Um, So uh, I I think speaking to a priest to be able to take something um, off your heart and that he's going to help you to pray about um, could be meaningful to you and helpful to you along the way Mm -hmm. because you may think what's on your heart or what's been weighing you down, um, it may not be as bad as you really think. And um, I think all in all, like I do share um, with my best friend. So why can't I speak to a priest? Yeah, yeah. you know who's going to help me to get through it. So um, I, I don't have a problem with confession. Yeah, you know the the youth of today they love confession, and I, it freaks me out a little bit. You know, I'm like, man, they must be very sinful. They, these guys are <laughs> lining up to do confession. My children, everyone else. <laughs> And uh, I got to drag myself to confession, but, you know, I do get it. And, and I think that um, absolution in, in our faith is something that we believe strongly in, that the priest is in the person of Christ and that, that gives you that absolution and um, puts you in a state of what we call sanctifying grace. You heard that term. Yep. Yeah. Sanctifying grace. It's when we die, we all want to be in that state of sanctifying grace, you know, that get us a little shortcut to heaven. But uh, how about purgatory? That's a tough one. That is a, ter- a tough yeah. one. Purgatory is a tough one Um, because, of course, growing up Baptist, you know, um, we didn't really believe in a a state of purgatory. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be honest. um, I I don't know that I differ either way Mm -hmm. with it. Um, I believe when people believe in something, um, it's for a reason as well. So um, if there is a purgatory, I certainly don't want to think I led my whole life without no one it was there (laughs) but um i do believe that you know as long as you have jesus in your heart and that you solely believe you truly believe in god and that if if doing the things like confession and and saying your prayers and asking for forgiveness 
um, you're going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that. Well, you again, uh, you've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show, and today's guest is Miss Jennifer Middlebrook, and uh, just a really awesome person. And uh, and I understand she's been asked to be a godmother recently. I again, am. is this like again, right? <laughs> I am. I, um, I have one godchild uh, prior to who was my best friend since first grade's um, second son. And um, he is now a senior, actually, this year, mm-hmm. which I feel terrible for him, that being able to do some of the things that, as right. a senior, you get to do. It's terrible. Um, but uh, I will have a godchild born in June, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited about that. It's a little girl, and her name is going to be Lakeland. Um, so I can't wait to spoil her. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's awesome. So, uh, again, uh, just, a, just a few minutes, uh, just a minute left on the show. What, what would you want your legacy to be, uh, Jen, you know, as far as uh, what you would leave behind? I think my legacy that I would want to leave behind is that I want people to know that um, I was a godly person, a good person, a positive person, someone that people could depend on. And um, I think that would probably be, and, and very much so, a family person. Um, I love being with my family and um, helping others if they need something. Um, I want to be that person that whenever, if I pass away, that they can come back and say, you know what, remember when she did X, Y, Z, or um, she helped me through X. Well, I think you can check, check, and check <laughs> from so. my perspective. <laughs> thank you. Jen, I want to thank you for being on the show, and I thank all our listeners for listening. Until then, please engage the Cajun Catholic in you, and, and thank you for being on the thank show. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.